This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, October 13th. Good morning. I'm Jack Daly. Here's today's headlines. Fed sued over pesticide data. Department of Justice targets California food firm and 4-H unveiling workforce plan. Lawsuit demands EPA require more pesticide data. Four environmental groups are suing the Environmental Protection Agency to force it to require testing and data on pesticide formulations and tank mixes, not just active ingredients. The lawsuit filed in San Francisco Federal Court cites a petition that the Center for Food Safety filed in 2017 urging EPA to require testing data covering all centergenistic efforts and potential unreasonable effects on the environment. EPA hasn't responded to that petition. CFS filed a lawsuit along with Californians for Pesticide Reform, the Center for Environmental Health and Pesticide Action Network of North America. Over half of the so-called inert ingredients approved by the EPA for use in pesticide formulations are considered hazardous air and water pollutants of at least moderate risk, the lawsuit says. In fact, inert ingredients can be more toxic than active ingredients to non-target species. Yet, in regulating and approving pesticide usage, EPA focuses its testing and data collection on active ingredients alone, largely ignoring inerts and adjuvants, the petition said. Department of Justice seeks to shut down California Food Company. The Justice Department is trying to stop a California noodle maker from producing and selling adulterated and misbranded products after FDA inspectors found insanitary conditions at the company's Antioch facility. The inspections of Doe's Cali Rice Valley facility in 2021 and 2022 found insects on ingredients, ingredient bags with holes, rainwater leaking into ingredient storage rooms, utensils and equipment that were not sanitized, and poor employee practices, the Justice Department said. DOJ filed for a permanent injunction yesterday. The department alleged misbranding because the products did not disclose the presence of allergens, wheat and egg, among other violations. 4-H unveils plan to strengthen workforce and expand programs with Landmark Gift. The National 4-H Council is announcing plans today to invest $10 million in strengthening the youth development organization's volunteer and staff workforce and enhance youth programming. The decision comes after the council received a landmark $50 million unrestricted gift from writer and philanthropist Mackenzie Scott in February, the largest single gift in the organization's 120-year history. CEO Jennifer Serangelo said her board, along with Cooperative Extension and Land-Grant University leaders, took about six months to discuss and prioritize how this portion of the gift would be invested, with the remainder preserved for programs and activities over the longer term. The pandemic has shown that America's youth needs more support than ever to be successful, she told AgriPulse. The initial investment will help attract and retain more top leadership talent, expand the Youth Development Academy, and expand in-person youth experiences, among other things that she will detail in her blog today. Reclamation to pay some water users. 
The Bureau of Reclamation is out with a plan to compensate lower Colorado Basin water users for preserving water levels in Lake Mead. The funding would come from the $4 billion that was earmarked in the Inflation Reduction Act for Western Drought Relief. Under the plan, farmers, water districts, farmers, cities, and tribes that currently have delivery contracts with the Reclamation of Central Arizona Project could sign one- to three-year agreements for each acre foot of water they relinquish. Senate Ag eyes Farm Bill hearings. The Senate Agriculture Committee plans a few farm bill hearings before the end of the year, an eye toward trying to get a new bill enacted as soon as 2023. Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow of Michigan declined to discuss details of the hearings, but she told a food policy conference yesterday they would involve different farm bill titles. The committee has little time to get much done this year since the Senate isn't scheduled to be back for votes until the lame duck session that starts in mid-November. Stabenow has held a pair of listing sessions on farm bill issues, one in Michigan, the other in Arkansas, home state of the committee's senior Republican, John Bozeman. Stabenow, no going back. Speaking at the Consumer Federation of America meeting, Stabenow made clear that she will resist any efforts by House Republicans to roll back SNAP benefits, which USDA increased sharply due to a provision she was able to get into the 2018 Farm Bill. In fact, Stabenow said she wants to include incentives in the SNAP program for low-income people to buy fruits and vegetables nationwide, and that would include grocery stores. She credited the Gus Schumacher Nutrition Incentive Program, known as Gus Nip, with increasing fruit and vegetable consumption. That kind of incentive we are anxious to continue to expand, she said. And the bottom line? Well, Stabenow said that passing the next farm bill is going to require the broadest coalition possible, including support from environmental groups as well as urban interests. We're not going to go backwards, she said, but we're going to need your help to make sure we don't. What we need to do is build on the things that we know are right. Here's today's He Said It. There's a reason why the F in FDA comes first. And that has been a topic of a lot of discussion this year. And I want to emphasize that we are focused on food during my tenure this time around. That's FDA Administrator Robert Califf addressing criticism that the agency hasn't paid enough attention to food regulation. Califf's first stint at FDA came during the end of the Obama administration. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, October 13th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jack Allen.